Welcome to the LDN Radio Show, brought to you by the LDN Research Trust. I'm your host, Linda Elsigood. I have an exciting lineup of guest speakers who are LDN experts in their field. We will be discussing low-dose naltrexone and its many uses in autoimmune diseases, cancers, etc. Thank you for joining us. This week, it's my pleasure to bring to you a presentation from the LDM Book Volume 2 Tour, October 2020. And welcome back. So um, up for you right now, we have Dr. Yusuf Siddiqui. Um, we're going to be talking about thyroid and autoimmunity. So Dr. Yusuf offers a non-judgmental and compassionate approach to resolving complex imbalances in the body. Initially trained in architectural science, Dr. Yusuf has spent the last 20 years studying traditional medicine. He believes that foundation of health is digestion, healing the microbiome, addressing SIBO, eliminating parasites, and improving nutritional absorption can have a cascade effect towards restorative health. His clinical focus extends to men and women's reproductive health, thyroid health, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, and metabolic syndromes. So welcome, Yusuf. Thanks for taking us, having this discussion with me today. So just turn on your camera and your microphone. Hi, make sure to unmute. Are you? So I think a lot of people are going to be really excited to have this uh, discussion because I get this question so much. And we actually have a couple of questions um, in here that we will get to after around thyroid. Uh, Synthroid is the number one prescribed medication in North America. Thyroid conditions are rampant. Uh, it's one of the most common conditions, especially for women. So I think this is a really, really relevant conversation for us to have. So I'm really uh, interested to hear your point of view on uh, your experience with thyroid disorder. So let's just get into that a little bit. What is your experience with thyroid disorders? And you know, where do you see this fitting into the realm of autoimmunity? Right. So first of all, Emma, thanks. Thanks for the lovely intro and, uh, and for hosting, actually. This is awesome. Um, so, you know, as a naturopathic doctor, um, a lot of people who come into my practice are looking for answers. So they're typically, um, you know, they've seen various practitioners, they've had lots of testing done, and no one's really getting to the root of what's going on. And, you know, I think of myself as being a detective. So as a naturopathic doctor, I use a functional medicine approach. I'm trying to get to the root of what's going on. And a lot of cases, um, there is an autoimmune component to it. And there's also a lot of chronic inflammation, which is also along the, uh, the immune side of stuff. Um, but when we, when we talk about or think about the thyroid, um, a lot of us think mostly about fatigue and weight gain, those hypothyroid type symptoms. Um, and I find that this is an oversimplification because the thyroid is responsible for a lot more processes within the body. Um, and when there's autoimmune related issues, such as like Hashimoto's or Graves disease, um, it can create this kind of um, effect on the rest of the body. But what the thyroid also plays a key role in are other pro-inflammatory conditions like fibromyalgia, chronic pain, chronic fatigue syndrome. They also have definitely, uh, the thyroid plays an integrated role into all of this, um, and as does LDN. Um, and what I find personally is that the thyroid plays this role and these conditions are, are overlooked. 
Yeah, and I think this is kind of the theme of a lot of the conversations we've been having today is this kind of back and forth relationship between certain conditions, you know, the inflammation and autoimmunity drive the disorder, and then the disorder drives further inflammation and disruption. And so you're, you kind of get these people stuck in this cascade of effects where they really, really can't get out and they're so depleted and sick, it's really hard to even initiate therapies for them, especially when you don't know what you're trying to treat. Well, exactly. And I think a big part of it is, you know, how are we, um, what are our evaluation tools, right? Yeah. How, how, like how are, when someone comes in and they're like, like I'm, I'm not feeling well, I'm fatigued or my body's in pain. What are we actually doing like to understand what's going on within the body itself? What's the, why is that inflammation occurring? And then what can we do using our different modalities to help support, decrease the inflammation and improve a person's quality of life? So what are those tools that you're using in your practice if someone's coming in with, you know, uh, you know, potentially a thyroid condition or a complex condition like this? Yeah. So, you know, because the topic on this is, is towards thyroid, I'm very like, you know, I'm going to, it's, it's really complicated. And as, as you know, Emma, you're a detective, just like I'm a detective. And then, then, you know, we get really excited when we're trying to sort through these things. Um, and it's really, you know, in the nature of what we do, it does open Pandora's box and it's very, it's not unilateral, it's very complex, integrated um, um, effects. But when we're talking about the thyroid, I think the thyroid's involvement is often missed because, I mean, Emma, you can, you can uh, I'm sure, relate to this, but you get patients come in who are chronically fatigued or inflamed and the only blood work that has been tested is their thyroid stimulating hormone, their TSH. And I probably see that in about 80% of my cases where um, the thyroid isn't really being fully addressed. So um, do, you, do you normally see your own similar things? Oh yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think there's desperation around thyroid because people are also grasping at something because they're like, I'm sick and my blood work keeps coming back normal, but there's something wrong. I'm extremely fatigued. They might have a diagnosis of fibro, but they're, they're, you know, they have pain, but they're still, they don't have any energy at all. And so we know that obviously the thyroid is a piece of the puzzle, um, but we still need to evaluate it properly in order to understand what it is that's actually going on. So what type of th specific thyroid testing then would you run beyond TSH? Cause I know a lot of people are going to ask that. Yeah. So, so within like, uh, within like my, our standard testing at NutriChem, we test TSH, T4, T3 right off the bat when someone comes in. So we know it's thyroid stimulating hormone. It's produced by the anterior pituitary in the brain. It's like a gas pedal to our thyroid. So when our TSH levels are quite high, it means you're in a hypothyroid state. So it's like a pedal to the metal and your brain is trying to get your thyroid to produce T4. On the flip side, in a hyperthyroid state, it's like your the TSH numbers tend to be lower. So your foot's kind of off the gas pedal because your thyroid just kind of going nuts. And then what we also test, or what I test is T3, which is the, uh, so we test T4, which is, um, T4 converts into T3, which is the active thyroid hormone. And then we, this isn't part of our standardized testing, but sometimes we test for it as reverse T3, which is then an inactive form of T3. Mm -hmm. And what's really important when we're starting to look at the thyroid hormone, and this is taking, not taking into account the autoimmunity point, this is just basic thyroid, 
is understanding the ratios between TSH, T4, and T3. Because I think this is where, even when those three markers are tested, you know, we miss um, imbalances or even subtle imbalances within the thyroid. So for example, with fibromyalgia, someone who has, um, so fibromyalgia is like a, a chronic pain, chronic state of inflammation where LDN does a great job as, um, as a therapy for helping to bring down that, that, that inflammation. But what I see when I'm treating fibro is that TSH levels tend to be a little bit on the, on the lower side um, because T4, well, and T4 tends to be on the higher side and then T3, which is the active thyroid hormone actually tends to be on the lower side. So we see this, this very different kind of ratio that's happening uh, with thyroid hormones where someone's, you know, if their TSH was looked at, it would look at as being normal, if not tending towards the hyper side. But when we look at their T3, we can see that their T3 is low. That's the active thyroid hormone, which is actually going to give them the energy boost that they're looking to get from the thyroid. You know, there are other endocrine, um, um, uh, like, um, what do you call it? Diabetes, where insulin resistance, where, you know, um, uh, insulin will decrease TSH levels. So there's an impact on that. And that in turn is going to slow down thyroid function. So there are other things that we need to look at. In terms of testing, which you asked me about earlier, there's, um, there's Hashimoto's as well. So Hashimoto's is an autoimmune affliction to the thyroid. Um, and in terms of testing for that, there's antithyroglobulin and anti-TPO antibodies. Um, yeah. So, okay. So that's so, so well, <laughs> as an ND, then you can, you are running these and why do you think there's such prevalence of autoimmune thyroid conditions right now? Yeah, uh, it's a great question. And so, I mean, I have a, I definitely have a bias towards the gut and gastrointestinal health um, and hormones, right? And so when there's hormone dysregulation, we know that estrogen plays a role on, on thyroid. We know that diabetes, we look at metabolic syndrome, that has a role on thyroid. Cortisol uh, also, so high stressed individuals, cortisol, which peaks in the morning um, can have a negative effect on, um, on thyroid when it's imbalanced. So there's like, you know, we're looking at today and, and, um, and the world that we're living in, uh, in terms of this pandemic, you know, we're seeing a lot of fatigue and depression, but we're also seeing a lot of high stress to chronic fatigue happening and a lot of endocrine disruption. Mm -hmm. so, are you seeing that as well? Yes, I'm definitely seeing that. And I think the thyroid, I think this is why we wanted to have you on and talking about the thyroid because, you know, like the other conversations we're having, LDN is such an excellent bridge to give, to kind of modulate the immune system to calm down the driving of autoimmune conditions. But at the end of the day, you do need to work on resolving those organ systems and reducing that inflammation from occurring in the first place. And I mean, the way that I always think about the thyroid is it's a very, you know, Adam and I were just talking about the ancient system of the endocannabinoid and the opioid system in our body. To me, the thyroid is so interesting. It's almost like a metabolic dial. And so when someone is so, um, 
stressed out or there's a lot of inflammation going on in their body, your body will like, even like you said, rising insulin levels, insulin resistance, your body turns down that metabolism in order to kind of go into a little bit of a hibernation mode to preserve um, energy. So it's quite interesting that connection with the uh, immune system. And then you have your body creating more inflammation targeting the thyroid more right so, so are you measuring that so you're measuring it through antibodies yeah we measure it through uh anti tpo would be the most common antibody that's quite elevated and you know when we're talking about missing missing um uh uh missing the autoimmune component to thyroid you know we'll see things like hashimoto's where tsh is normal and then you have what we call subclinical hypothyroid so kind of plus some other symptoms like burnout and fatigue and all these other things but then when we run the antibodies we'll actually see that the antibodies are quite high uh indicating the autoimmune component against the thyroid and so then we'll look at things like or i'll look at things um in terms of like gut health um because that also plays an important role as well and so when, how do you use, do you refer for LDN in your practice or like was, would Hashimoto's be something that you would work with another practitioner to potentially get um, a patient on? Yeah. So uh, unfortunately at this point in time, LDN falls outside of my prescribing, right? So I'm not able to prescribe LDN. Um, I do work with nurse practitioners. I do work with medical doctors um, who do prescribe LDN, uh, who are familiar with LDN. And, um, but what we do, what I do is, is because I can't prescribe it, the side that I take on as a naturopathic doctor is that I will then integrate things like desiccated thyroid into my treatment plans, where what I'm trying to do is quiet the thyroid down. So the autoimmune component against the thyroid becomes minimized. We use the LDN to help manage the autoimmune and the inflammatory portion of, uh, of Hashimoto's. But then what we start to do is we start to look at decreasing this the, the roots on the imbalances that's causing this autoimmunity within someone's body. And that can be done through diets. I mean, the number one thing is gluten and dairy, but we also have to look at the microbiome and we need to look at gut inflammation because it, it plays an integrated role, which Kent, I'm not sure if Kent talked about it quite a bit. I was with patients, but I'm sure he uh, but talked about, you know, Things like, you know, someone who comes in who's chronically constipated, we know that um, hormone clearance, um, uh, estrogen is, is bound and excreted through stool. And someone who's chronically constipated will get estrogen levels increasing within their system, which in turn will do things like raise the amount of thyroid binding globulin, which then decreases the amount of active thyroid hormone in the body. So there are all these like different mechanisms that are happening within the system, where if we start to manage di the digestion component, we're going to manage the proper regulation of the thyroid in conjunction um, with managing all these autoimmune and inflammatory responses that are happening within the gut, which are then going to balance all the thyroid hormones long-term. It's kind of making it sound a little bit complicated, I think, no, but, but it's like all the layers to it. <laughs> it's complicated, but it's not. And so do you see, um, you know, when you get people coming in and, uh, with thyroid issues or fatigue issues, do you typically see a lot of gut health issues with them? Of course. I mean, we know some of the classic symptoms of an imbalanced thyroid are 
gut-related issues, constipation, in some cases, diarrhea, you know? So, and we know things like the gut bacteria will help to convert T4 to active T3. So if you have a dysbiotic gut, that process slows down. And that counts for about 20% of the amount of T3 circulating around the body. And so do you think that's why some people will respond to desiccated thyroid over Synthroid? Uh, so that's another great question. So, so Synthroid is just T4, uh, where desiccated thyroid, it's a glandular, it's T4 and T3. We have to remember is that our thyroid, it's like our T TSH and our thyroid hormones are always in flux. They're, they're changing. They're not really constant. And so the benefit of desiccated thyroid is that it's glandular. So it's going to mirror that kind of fluctuation where Synthroid, which is, there's nothing wrong with Synthroid. It's, it's, um, it's synthetic T4 only. Um, and so when Synthroid is prescribed, we can see T4 go up, but we, the body still needs to convert the T4 to T3. Mm -hmm. And it's so that plays in the role of like gut health and then all the cofactors needed for that as well. Right. And I think, again, that's kind of one of those things that we could do a whole talk on desiccated thyroid, just like we're doing one on LDN, is it is kind of more of, it has a little bit more controversy, I would say, because it can be a bit more difficult to manage in practice, but it's interesting clinically, the results that people get using desiccated thyroid over Synthroid and understanding that there's other things that need to be addressed why aren't you converting your T4 into your T3? What's What else is at play that you would respond to one and not the other? And some people respond really well to Synthroid. I think it's just opening up that door that there's more that we need to understand. I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. And, there, and, I, and I'm sure you see this in practice as well. There's some people who do better on Synthroid and there's some people who do better on uh, desiccated thyroid. It's you know. And so your bio had a lot about, and we're going to, the next speaker that we have on Kim Rovers, we're actually talking about LDL, uh, LDN and digestive conditions. So I don't want to get too into digestive conditions, but I think it's a clear reoccurring theme and everybody's noticing, okay, this is a conference on LDN and we keep talking about inflammation and gut health, but I think that should show people how important it is to address. So, so what is it that you're doing to address immunity and inflammation and gut health, you know, from a naturopathic standpoint? Cause I do think a lot of our listeners right now, um, potentially in the LDN world, may not have seen a naturopathic doctor in the past. So they might really not know what it is we do, specifically in Canada, and how else you can support someone's body while it's going through a, a journey of managing a complex condition. Right. Well, you know, I, uh, I have definitely have a bias that our, our root of health is in digestion. It's how we absorb our nutrients. It's how we... Um, process our food. It's, you know, majority of what histamine is made, which is, uh, histamine is made in our gut. Galt cells, um, which make up the majority of our immune system are within our intestines as well. And, and, you know, what we know is that when people aren't digesting their food properly, or when they have chronic bowel related issues, they have chronic inflammation within their intestines, it, it kind of has this cascade effect on the rest of their body. And so how would that come into play? Because we, I mean, in terms of the thyroid, 
what do you typically see in a patient where there is a low thyroid involvement? When there's low thyroid, meaning hypothyroidism? Yeah, because I think a lot of people, you know, we, we know a lot about it because we're in the realm, we're in the clinic, but I don't, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about what it is that the thyroid does and how potentially uh, a low, you know, low thyroid function can impact somebody. Yeah. And so, and so that's a great, a great question. So what we need to look at when we're talking about um, gut health and we're talking about the thyroid is that T4 and T3 actually play in, uh, in an int- uh, a role in um, managing the inflammation within the lumen of the gut, right? So T4 has this, has this anti-inflammatory effect. So if you're producing low amounts of thyroid hormone, you're going to be more apt to having um, inflammation with, uh, within your intestines, which can lead to you know, bloating and pain and those kind of abdominal discomfort symptoms. Right. Okay. So I have another question here. I know that some Hashimoto's patients end up reducing their thyroid medication once LDN starts working, but I'm already on a very low dose because I can't even handle an average dose. I have cortisol issues interfering with my thyroid medication and cannot uh, raise my thyroid dose. Hence I am symptomatic. Have you had people tolerating higher doses of thyroid medications once LDN starts working? that they've tolerated higher doses of, uh, of thyroid medications with the LDN. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the higher, uh, the dosing of the thyroid medication when it was too high was causing, I'm assuming, hyperthyroid type symptoms. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that what the person is saying? I think so, yeah. Okay. I, I, have I seen that? Uh, yes, for sure. Because what we can see is that the autoimmune and the anti-inflammatory side, I think for the most part, actually, I would say the opposite is that when LDN kind of kicks in, I most of the time will actually see um, a decrease in, in my case, it would be desiccated thyroid, that the, the need for desiccated thyroid actually decreases. Right, um, exactly. And I think that's why people are looking to use it because you you see Hashimoto's, you know, when you see Hashimoto's, I think it's really interesting from a clinical standpoint, because Dr. Junik and I were talking about this. It's really hard to see on paper, uh, certain markers of autoimmunity. Hashimoto's, when you're looking at uh, TSH and T4 and T3 and anti-TPO levels, you can see mass swings. The dose doesn't change. There could be flares going on, stressful life situations, you know, um, sleep disturbances occurring acutely, menopause coming on, and all of a sudden, their like their TSH levels bottom out, like go 0.01, and then we just slightly, just slightly modify their dose, and then they go through the roof. And so, to me, that is that's not a dose problem. That's an inflammation, autoimmunity. That that's why the LDN is such an integral part of this conversation. Is because we cannot chase dosing based on blood work for Hashimoto's, or else you will just be swinging all over the place. And so you do need to target the gut, autoimmunity, bringing in things like LDN, especially when it's very difficult to manage. So I think that's kind of that's a really great question that that was asked because I did think it highlights that point. Right. Very much so. I couldn't agree more. Um, raise their medication once on LDN. Right. So 
so they're just asking if you know dose raising or versus dropping but i think the point we're getting at is that it's we don't want you on a high dose just to be on a high dose just to get lab values it's about how you feel and making sure you're in a safe range right and making sure that the antibodies are being tracked and reducing mm -hmm. right and then with the ldn and the antibodies reducing because the anti-inflammatory and the immune regulating benefits of ldn um it's also yeah it's, it's starting to modify the 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 dosing of any thyroid medication that's also that's being prescribed there are also like natural um there's botanicals that are also integrated into um into my hashimoto's treatments um that also you know there's studies that, that show that they uh they support the tsht4 t3 um production through hashimoto's they decrease anti-tpo antibodies against the thyroid they have a similar but not as strong effect as ldn but um the the plant is called nigella uh, satin it's a black seed um black human seed it's an ayurvedic herb um and i mean there's a lot of um, evolving research is coming out of that as well. But that in conjunction with LDN tends to work quite well. Yes, the black cumin seed is my new. Obsession. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like this magic herb where they're, you know, for traditional use, it's used to like lower blood pressure, metabolic syndrome, which is a lot of what I was talking about earlier. So it's like regulating insulin, decreasing cholesterol. It's like working on that full um, event system, the metabolic side. Um, but then there is, there are studies out there that show that black cumin seed in certain doses will, um, support TSH, T4, T3, and also lower, uh, the antibodies within eight weeks of taking it. Yeah. Cause it does have that immune, it works. There is such an immune modulating effect. And so one other question I want to ask you, why do you think that women are so susceptible? I know you touched a little bit on the estrogen side of things. Why do you think women are so susceptible to, or, you know, do you have a thought on that? Why they're so susceptible to thyroid conditions? Yeah. And it's a, it's what I meant. Like the main, the main reason in my practice that I see is, you know, uh, decreased thyroid hormone causes constipation. Constipation can cause, lead to the reabsorption of estrogen, high levels of estrogen within the body, then decreased thyroid function. So it's this pretty nasty cycle that seems to happen which is why earlier I was talking about the importance of, um, of managing digestion and, and making sure that the metabolization of hormones and the excretion of hormones through stool is something that's on the table whenever we're talking about thyroid hormone. Right. So. And I think you're kind of getting into play that there's, there's also so many estrogens in the environment, in our foods, you know, biotics, all that sort of thing that are hitting estrogen receptors. So we do see women overcome with estrogen symptoms sometimes and we don't even think about the role that has to play on all of our other systems and this is where like liver liver uh plays a huge role in that too and modifying you know like basic things like don't drink out of plastic don't microwave your, or use plastic containers i mean these are all those xenoestrogens that you're talking about and it's funny that i love i love that you're bringing this stuff up emma because now i just i kind of am taking it for granted i'm talking to you so i feel like i'm talking to another clinician so i'm like forgetting about all these things so i love that about you that you can just kind of pull it back in and be like well yeah, yeah. 
I appreciate and, that. I totally appreciate oh, that. Oh, it's a great chat. I love these discussions. It keep, gets, you know, good conversations flowing. We do have one more question. And I think it's really interesting. Does LDN help with Graves' disease? And if so, what other substances would you suggest be taken with it? Okay, so there, so yes. So there is some uh, research that's, I, so I don't, first of all, I don't see a lot of Graves' disease in my practice. So I, I just want to preface what I'm about to say. There is research that supports that LDN will help with the, the anti-inflammatory and the, um, the antibodies against the thyroid, the TSH receptors. Um, uh, for Graves, there are certain herbs from a naturopathic perspective like Melissa officialis, probably saying that wrong. Um, then there's also working on the AIP. So you're working on autoimmune diet. So you're reducing that autoimmune component to it as well. Um, do you have anything to add to that, Emma? I was going to direct you. The LDN Research Trust, as we've learned from today, has so much research on all the conditions. It's almost like the compilation of any condition that we can think of. So I definitely direct you there for that specific um, question, but, you know, just along the lines of mechanistically, um, it would make sense that calming down inflammation and immunity potentially would have a uh, result. Graves is a little different though, because it is, you know, when you're putting yourself into a hyperthyroid state, there's a lot of other you know, implications that need to be looked at. So there's going to be more of a risk benefit treatment of allowing yourself to potentially stay quite hyper for a while. But we, you know, you definitely, there's a pendulum for sure with the thyroid and you see the swings either way. So um, that's what I would, that's my answer to that for now. <laughs> well, that was great. Thank you so much, Dr. Youssef. It was excellent having this discussion. And again, I think this is a perfect lead into our next conversation because it is going to be more diving into uh, LDN and gut uh, gut health. So I appreciate you being here and have a lovely rest of your day. Thanks, Emma. Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.